And unfortunately, some sad news out of the shoot uh, to start with. Brandon Parfit. Um... <laughs> Sorry. This is an odd way to start it. Sad news out the shoot today. Oh, okay. Right. Here we go. <laughs> Fair enough. I think, yeah, I think I think I heard them say it that way on ABC News last <laughs> night. <laughs> good night, everyone. Uh, good evening. It was some sad news out <laughs> the shoot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's what the dog said to his mum when Toby Green was born. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in betwixt, welcome to another episode of the Chap Chat Cats. My name's Jake Botel, and I'm joined in the virtual Zoom studios by Johnny and Sambo. How are you, chaps? Good. In Good. betwixt. Yeah. I was going to say, that's the, is that the first time? It you is. Could have, you could have made it to fucking 50, saying the <laughs> yeah. same one every time, and you, you dropped the ball at 49. Jesus <laughs> Christ. The key that with, is some sad news <laughs> out to shoot. The key yes, yeah, definitely yeah. sad news out to shoot. The key with every long-term relationship like this, you got to keep it fresh. That was the equivalent of me putting on the red lace, um, you know, to, to keep you boys interested here. You know, I've got to chuck uh, a betwixt in occasionally. Us. I'm scared yeah, you don't know what you're doing. It's too much. Yeah, we're we're, we're up, up, up shit creek without a paddle now. No <laughs> no idea which way is up, which way is down. No. What's between and what's betwixt what? Uh, <laughs> now look look, I admire your spirit. Um, look, it's uh, it's. <laughs> All I'm questioning, all I'm questioning here is is just the timing, Jake. Just the Mm -hmm. timing that that we're so close to the the half ton here, Um, you know. And as far as consistency goes, maybe maybe fifty one was the time to change it. Maybe fifty one's the time of a new new era, you know. Um, Bring people into the next fifty with a with a betwixt or two. Um, (laughs) You've got it. Look, I'll, I'll I'll admit I'm a professional, and you have to be prepared as a professional, and I'm nothing but a professional. To take the feedback, um, I really appreciate the summary. Can you both maybe give me a letter grade here um, on the performance thus far? You know, like two and a half minutes into the podcast. I'd, I'd, I'd call you a solid C for that move. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go a, a B. Ah. Oh. No, 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 C minus. Sorry, I was going to go C minus. Jesus Christ, oh, harsh. Um, good show. That you said you could take it. I can. Yeah, yeah, and you said you're a professional. You can take it. We're not professionals, so we're not yeah. going to not going to give it to you in a constructive way. <laughs> That's all right. I will just. Look, we're not professionals. We are though. We we are though creatures of habit, and and you, yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. We may have reacted unfavorably there. Yeah. Uh, No, that's that's quite right. Overreacted. It's it is always shocking when a betwixt comes out the shoot. That's the that's the that's the thing. Yes. Um, Yes. But speaking of, I don't know how to do this. There's some exciting news and and some some troubling news to get off out of the way at the top. Which should I go with first? You want sweet or sour? Honey or vinegar? 
Oh, let's go with vinegar. Yeah, let's go with vinegar. Yeah, always, always the bad news first. Right. Clear well, it off maybe, the table. Maybe we'll save the sweet news to the end of the show. We have a very special announcement, so we'll, we'll leave the honey for the end. But right now, sugar, mm. we're going to give you that vinegar. All right. So the vinegar part of the show here is um, normally would be saying g'day to our producer. Well, I mean, I say normally. We remember to mention him maybe We've once never every five or six shows. G'day. No, I think we've forgotten to mention him for a while. Mm. Well, not only have we forgotten to mention him, um, we've obviously really pissed Colin off because he, Colin is gone. Um, I received an email today, a very brief and clipped email um, from Colin. Oh, Jesus. Announcing that he has gone uh, to take a role uh, as part of the writer's panel for the latest Chris Pratt film. No idea what one that is in particular. Um, could be any of a number. Now, I know, I understand that Colin has had aspirations to break his way into Hollywood, um, but this one's caught me completely blindsided. Uh, I don't know if they're filming. And, and this is the first, the, this is his first attempt that won't get, his first attempt to break in that won't get him arrested. That's uh, right. So, <laughs> so Colin, Colin Katzis um, has departed via email. Basically, uh, so long and thanks for all the fish. Uh, no, no notice given. I had to wrangle a favor. Um, friend of the show, an absolute fucking legend, uh, Cameron, uh, who normally does sort of sound and light work for touring shows of Baba, um, the Abba Tribute Act is in producing mm. the show for us tonight. Um, oh, the Abba Tribute Act. I, I, I thought you meant the, uh, the cartoon elephant, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, <laughs> I probably should have sought clarification from Cameron or Cam. Do you mind if we call you Cam? He's good with Cam. Um, so uh, from Cam as to whether it was the the cartoon elephant or the or the the Abbott Tribute Act, Baba. But chaps, just your reaction initially to this. Big thanks to Cam for stepping in and filling you know what pretty shallow shoes for Colin. But what are your thoughts about this? us just fucking off. To go well, on the latest Chris Pratt whirlwind. Like talk. a producer, he was a piece of piece of shit, and the way he left was true to his character of, you know, yeah, look, he's consistent, stabbing us in the back and not caring about us at all. And you know, we've given the leg up, and now he's fucked us off and got on to better things. And oh, I mean, steady on there, steady on there, better things. The latest Chris Pratt, mm. you know, vanity project. I don't even know oh, what Chris that's Pratt's what he, got. That's what he thinks coming up. Like, I mean, he's got he's Super Mario, and what he's, he's got what he's got coming. Up. I think I think you could just throw a dart at the release schedule of all the movies for twenty twenty. You'll probably hit something <laughs> with Chris Pratt in it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. No, Maybe enough. he's just throwing your sex scenes in it. Mm, maybe. He was a bit depraved. Oh, mm. Colin. Yeah, Colin was. Yeah, look, look, look. The the toughest part of this is I've already forgotten who we're talking about. Fair enough. <laughs> Cameron. Cameron. Uh, Cameron's Cameron. a dead set fucking legend. Cameron of uh, Baba fame. No, um, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, often, we'll wait and see. Look, look. the real test of his legendary status is if he can handle the uh, the kind of abuse that we like to hurl at our producers. Because <laughs> mm. uh, Colin clearly couldn't cut it. You know, no. He also could have made it to 50. You know, He could yeah. have had on his resume 50 mm. episodes of the Chaps Jack Cats. Instead, it's going to say 49. 48. 48. 49, whatever Too it is. short. Oh, 48. He left last week. That's less. like retiring, retiring her just before your half century. Now, the thing is with Cameron, yeah. this is this is, and this is where I put it back to you, lads. 
this is a short-term deal. Cameron, you know, with COVID lifting and, you know, BABA, I mean, there's there's always high demand for an ABBA tribute act. Um, Cameron's probably going to be called... The sky's the limit. Absolutely. Um, it's a rich man's world. Uh, I was trying to think of a, you know... Money, money, money. There you go. Uh, that's better. Um, <laughs> I really am a C, C- minus tonight. Um, but the thing is, so Cameron's going to have to step back in and probably do the sort of, I don't know, Colac through to, I don't know, Mildura leg of the Victorian tour with Baba, uh, possibly further, mm. depending on if they keep their crew small. So we're going to, it's up to you boys and me. We've got to find ourselves uh, a new producer. Um, think we, you know, we can, you know, really throw some darts out here, but during the week, uh, the three of us need to knock heads together and see if we can come out with someone who's, you know, going to fit the tone of the show. Well, I tell you what, Colin's the last time we recruit a producer from a basket left on our doorstep. I can tell you that. Absolutely. <laughs> crushing, crushing personal blow, to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean, out of the, the whole producer leader that was dumped on our doorstep, we mm. picked the worst one. Yeah, I mean, it's worth it's worth noting. It's worth noting we didn't raise Colin from an infant. He was dropped yeah. at our doorstep in a very large basket. Yeah, that's along with several other moderately large man. He may along have with act- several other producers, mm. podcast producers in that crate as well. Well, yeah, they simply crate, didn't but... cut it. Colin ate them during the winter of um, 2018. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 basket. I don't know. Maybe they dropped like from a hot air balloon or something. That's the sort of size basket we're mm. talking about. That'd be. I don't mm. know if that were they being people smuggled. It seems like an inefficient well, way possibly. to smuggle people. Look, we had, have you heard the saying about the gift horse? You know, we had a <laughs> basket of producers on our doorstep. You don't, <laughs> ask, you don't ask where it came from. It's you true. don't ask what war-torn country they've been smuggled out of. No. You just, you just, you just take them in, you put them in a cage and feed, feed them some bread and fish. And the exactly. strongest survived. And somehow Colin was the strongest and he survived. Well, well, I, think we'll, I think we'll call it the least weak. The yeah, least what? weak of the bunch. I'll tell you what. Several other producers on the way. Mm. Colin, the way well. Co- Colin is nothing if not a uh, cockroach-like survivor, and I'm sure he'll do very well in Hollywood. So thanks a lot, Colin, for fucking nothing. So no matter, yeah, no matter how many times you beat him down with abuse and physical threats, he just doesn't <laughs> die. No, no. Look, yeah. he's tailor-made for Hollywood. Really, he's going to do very well. Uh, all right, so on to some news. Um, as I said, we'll leave the honey for the end of the show, but on to some actual yeah. news. Um, and this is... Well, a... Are you sure that wasn't the honey? Yeah, Colin's fucked off and we've got Cameron for a bit. Yeah, I, 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 see no, I see no downside <laughs> to this. Now, is Cameron... Now, I mean, maybe this is something we'll ask him off the air, but, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I mean, with the, the prestige that he works with, is Cameron, mm-hmm. like, at the Baruga Sporties level? Is that the kind of... <laughs> <laughs> the Cameron's uh, doing the, the the sound and lights for or... mm. um I have heard I have heard that Cameron did at some point uh, work a show for Baba uh, in a theater adjacent to the Sydney Opera House. Um, wow. Oh. It might have been an RSL or something adjacent to the Sydney Opera House. I'm not sure, but uh, he definitely has worked near the Sydney Opera House for Baba. Uh, just yeah. So I mean, that's that's fairly prestigious when you stack it up against mm, Collins pre- record. Prestigious. Yes, mm. yes. I mean, it's no Baruga Sporties, but it's certainly not to be sniffed at. No. I tell you what. Uh, the other thing to mention about Cameron, it's nice to have a change of scenery because Cameron sort of has a rugged look about him and just has a set of fucking killer pythons for arms. Just a real fucking gun show mm. on him. 
um, does Cameron. I think he said he was just going to have some killer pythons for us. And I yes. thought, fuck, sold, done. Re- yeah, really spice up the recording yeah. studio with a couple of a couple of pythons in there. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it spices it up enough. I mean, he's got a hot rack on him, a hot hot setup on him, Cameron. <laughs> real, real, real a hot, hot rack unit. on him. Yeah, it's probably not quite the right terminology. C minus. The, 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 the description really? you look, the dis- description really? you've, you've laid out so far sounds like he's definitely going to appeal to to both sides, yeah. both sexes. Yeah. Absolutely, he's shredded, got killer arms and a great rack. Set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. All right. News. (laughs) News. Uh, Do you want to play the halftime horse tonight? It's not halftime, but do you want to play it? Play the halftime horse? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, Cameron, Cameron, crank up the horse. It's been a while. Lollies are a spray from the coach. Lollies, absolutely. Lollies are. A spray from the coach. That's what half time's about. Bang, it is what half time's about. Is it me? Yes. Or did that sound better with Colin? Look, Cameron, 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 fuck. Cameron's definitely done something. He's uh, definitely, he's definitely, he's definitely used those Python like arms to, to crank some knobs to, uh, to, to lift, lift, lift some handles and crank some knobs and i feel great about him being in the studio because of it yeah absolutely um knob ranging ability high on high on the list here um oh, on his resume i'll tell you that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh cameron uh all right so news out the shoot um pretty awesome honor for latest Irish, or not quite the latest, Ocean Mullen is the latest latest Irish signing from County Mayo. But the one prior uh, to Ocean Mullen, Rachel Kearns, Monty, Monty Kearns, uh, has claimed her second All-Star Award in as many seasons uh, for her performances for Mayo in the GAA, Gaelic Athletic Association, uh, for all you Bravo. bloody ignorance out there. Um so Ripper Award, the second one uh, in two seasons. Wanted to sort of touch base. Sambo, you shared an article with us um, before the show about Zach Tui sort of stepping in to mentor and, and kind of welcome Monty to the club. Uh, can you sort of give us the lowdown on, on that? Any sort of comments from Tui around that, how that all came about? Yeah, it's, it sounds like he... Um... He he put the word out um, to uh, to in, to invite Monty mm-hmm. to have have a kick with him, himself and O'Connor, which he did, and that they've nice. they've caught up several times over a coffee or two, a bit of a beverage uh, to discuss discuss the the homeland and the uh, <laughs> the, 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 the 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 new homeland mm. that she's now a part of. Um, and and two went on to sort of just talk about how um how good it feels to have a bit of a bit of a community of of irish boys and girls forming mm. uh, not only in the afl but in at the cattery in particular mm. uh and how you know it calls to mind some of the struggles he had as 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 the the first one of the first ones through the wall um mm. and that yeah it, you know finding his feet was you know it was tough and and that he he's pretty dedicated to 
to doing his part to make it easier for those coming through um, currently. Uh, and he, he was very, very complimentary uh, to uh, to Monty, uh, Monty's game uh, character and game. So yeah, it was nice. It was nice to see. I mean, I'm sure we would have assumed that there would be a, a camaraderie because we know how we know the kind of culture we breed um, at the at the cattery. But the it culture. is nice to see that. The yes. culture. Have I told you about the culture at the cattery? <laughs> you haven't. Uh, <laughs> very aroused. Um, uh, so yeah. So he, he talked about her. She said, said she's already clearly an exceptional athlete. Uh, that's the time of, I had to add that. Permanently ingrained that into my vocabulary. Um, and he says that's the type of player that gets brought out here from Ireland. So, yeah, no, it's very, very good. Makes me further hyped on top of the hype I was already feeling for the addition of Monty into our squad. John Doe. Um, what yes. do you think about the, like, I mean, we, we, we discussed it a while ago, like when, when we first had, I think there was an, we did an emergency pod about the signing. Um, there was a triple signing yes. of uh, Becky Webster. Uh, no, not Becky Webster. I can't remember no. the three people. One of them, I think was Claudia Kanjaka. Was it Claudia Kanjaka? Claudia Olivia Kanjaka, Fuller, Olivia Fuller, Fuller and, and Monty. And Monty. Um, yes. What do you think about like, this was something we talked about during the AFLW season or towards the end of like, it'd be really great to see the Cats AFLW side bring in, you know, some, some overseas talent, you know, maybe some players that have played in other leagues, had other experiences. I mean, Monty has played in, you know, not only the GAA football, she's played soccer, I think for Galway in the Irish soccer league over there. She's done boxing. Like how important is it to, to the side do you think to add this extra element and someone who's been in so many different sporting setups very important especially to a young developing team it's a cats team and she's going to bring good experience not in terms of football experience just in sports playing sports generally and how to play a team of successful teams as well mm. and being a very success, successful player that she is, mm. she'll be able to bring that as well along with her. And I think she'll bring a lot to the to the young younger girls and all the older girls as well. And I won't be surprised if she's a part of that leadership group next year or even early this year. Mm. I think she's got that in her and it's good to see that she's getting welcomed in the club really well. And Tui and O'Connor are also getting there and making it feel a bit more at home you know irish people hanging out together is always good and it builds that culture <laughs> irish culture in the have you, have culture. you heard about the culture down yeah. at the cat obviously oh, i've heard it's good yeah it's really good that she's starting to train with the girls now able to after i'm sure she did a two weeks quarantining and mm. i'm really excited to see what she can bring to this team because i think she will bring a whole lot of good stuff. Did you lads see the video of her kicking with Nigel Lappin and Tui? No, I, I saw didn't. her doing it's some training. It's in that article. You should go just have a look. I, I'd seen the video earlier, so I, I recognised the little thumbnail. But bit of a... Um, just natural? Natural. There was some comment. I can't remember if it was um, Phoebe McWilliams or someone on the... Um, 
on the AFLW posted it, I think. And one of the Cats players said a bit of the grind Myers about it. Got a little bit of a slice oh, yeah. kind of action. Um, not as exaggerated as Grian Myers does, but I tell you what, it's, it's one of those weird things where, you know, professional athletes or like at this level, you kind of just, you think, oh, how hard must it be to go from kicking a soccer ball to kicking a, you know, or a Gaelic football to kicking a footy and it must be a real thing. And, oh, you know, the, it's going to be a, sort of a, a big learning curve. And I guess it is, but then you watch her and she's just hitting the hands of the target every single time. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, it's not that much of a fucking step if you've, if you've been playing sport well, all your life. I think um, that was one of the things that, Tui spoke about in that article, wasn't it? When he says um, that it's, you know, they usually come over with the athleticism and the, you know, the sort of the mind for it, but it's that sort of skill thing mm. that um, is is the next level. And he said, she's, um, yeah, the skills, comp- here we go. And I quote, <laughs> the skills component is usually the part that takes time for the Irish players, but she's far more advanced than I was expecting. So I suspect she's going to be one of the club's better players already. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, I think you you are right, Jake. I think it is quite a jump and I think maybe she's just ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that kicking video was just nothing wrong with that. That's, uh, it gets a, a lot of, a lot of backspin on it, on the ball yeah. when you're, when you're watching it, when you looked at the, at the kick back, it's about half as many rotations as the, mm. as the kick when she then kicks it forward again. Mm. It's just, um, if I could kick like that. Every yeah. time I'll be pretty damn darn happy. And yeah, just the we've fucking... been kicking a footy for years now and nowhere near that skill. So just, it's just it's amazing. Pretty, very impressive how it translates. Yeah. You think the other stuff, you know, handballing and that will come sort of even more naturally than that, the flow of play. But those little things you just sometimes wonder about the, the technical aspects, you know, the actual um, the operation of kicking a football, you know, and it seems yeah. like she's already totally you know or, or, you know in, very comfortable with it um another thing to Absolutely. notice about not just um monty but um nina nina morrison morrison i always got to say myers for some yep. reason Myers. Myers. nina morrison um both nina morrison who's coming back from an injury and is sporting a fucking ripper mullet um and monty kearns bloody shredded absolute tanks Look like they'd play was, off for was, a brick wall. I was just about to say, um, I feel like Monty's first attempt at a tackle will be one that you won't want to be at the end on the end of. I feel like she's <laughs> going to crush someone straight up. It sounded like in that small interview, she was pretty excited to get physical. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like because she mentioned that there was, you know, it's a non-contact, wasn't it? Is that she said yeah. in the GAA? And um, well, I guess with that boxing background. Two, uh, having won medals in boxing. Uh, oh, fuck, I'm so excited for this season. Um, well, obviously, oh, I'm very excited. Cracking, very aroused. Some, very, 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 come on, Cameron. Oh, come, come on, Cameron. Cameron. Where are you? Jesus. Whoa, 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 he's a oh, something a little bit different, Cameron. Um, mm. So, yes, we'll crack into some more AFLW coverage. Season kicks off, I think, in early January. Um, so December, as John, six or seven, a belch rip. Um, good stuff, John. 
better Sorry. at than in. Sorry. I know you're that's all right. I had to bring I, attention I, to it because I'm a professional. Um and I thought I should have muted myself. I'll, I'll, this is this I'll is an intervention. This is an intervention. Please don't <laughs> the issue has been this issue has been tabled. Yes. Uh, be, better, be better next time. Coddies is uh <laughs> Doing a number. I don't really want to know what you're doing in your spare time. <laughs> <laughs> John just slurping down the old sparkling cotties. Um, yes. Cotties. Oh, cotties. Look, oh, look, look at that. The, the size of a Coke can. I tell you yeah. what. It's a, it's a can of drink. Yeah. Here's it's your, here, zero here's sugar. Your, here's, your, uh, here's your chance, John. You've got 30 seconds on the clock to do a, an improvised ad read for cotties. This is what a potential business could get. Um, you know, if they were to sponsor us for a 30 second segment, and oh, Jesus, I'm not ready go, for this. Go give us your best 30 tastes... seconds, John. Your coddies, what are right. what... it's coddies, cold, cooler lime flavor, tastes like lime, it's sparkling, it's ready to drink as it says in a can, zero <laughs> sugar, and it goes damn smooth. Oh, coddies, how, how, how does that taste hit on a hot summer's afternoon, John? Well, we haven't really had a hot summer's afternoon. <laughs> Cast so us know. there. Cast us there, John. Yeah, Use your yeah. imagination. Yes, that's right. Cast we're, us forward in your mind. Oh. Vision quest us to a hot summer's well, day. You've worked in the kitchen. It's about 150 degrees Celsius yeah. in there. You reach into the cooler for a fucking yep. sweating can of cotties. Uh, I just pour it straight down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> goes down, Goes down smooth. Yeah. Oh, Cotties. All right. So um, I can guarantee we're going to get pants. we're going to get so many fucking sponsors out of this shit. I just can't no, wait till the sponsorship offers start rolling in. <laughs> um, all right. So we will crack into. We'll sort of ramp up. I think across December. This is our first sort of off-season coverage, so we're fucking working it as we go along. But my theory is that across December we'll ramp up that coverage with some preseason previews and maybe some interviews and things of that nature. Um, yeah. I'd actually like to go, even though it's totally useless exercise, it's still fun. Once the schedule comes out, if we get one, if the fixture comes out, I don't know if they're going to do a week by week like um, last year. But I heard on some AFL sources that mm-hmm. oh. possibly next month, Sometime okay. next month will right, be well, when the fix is released. Well, I reckon what we should Maybe do... Maybe later like, this month. We get that. We uh, we go through game by game, predict the schedule, win-loss. Mm. It, it sounds like it's, of it. it's going to be a tough, tough fixture to write because there's cricket happening mm. at venues at um, GMHBA, so it sounds like the Cats won't be able to play there for a few rounds mm. with the BBL. Yeah, okay. Because the Renegades also playing games there. And I think Suns, Brisbane as well. Can we fucking hurry up and get a Geelong BBL team for Christ's sake? Yeah, I know. Do it. Let's fucking do it. Cats Big Bash team or Geelong Big Bash team. Geelong Cats Big BBL. Should be. Auspicious. All under the same thing. All right. Um, But yes. December will be AFLW ramp up weekend. It's got a few fantasy football ideas for AFLW, possibly even running our own fantasy football league um, with the listeners or something like that. Um, just gonna have Making to do some more fantasy rules. football. Oh yes, you're about to knock me off for the first time this season, John. First time, and you'll be your first. Could be your first loss of. The yeah. Season. 
And look, you know the fan, the fan. Look, the fantastic thing about John is he's gracious. You know when he <laughs> <laughs> when he stands when he stands on the precipice of victory, he's nothing but gracious. He, uh, uh, he doesn't doesn't no, like to rub it in. It's fair. I enough. haven't said I won. I've just said I may may win. I have. I've only won two <laughs> games this whole year. Yeah, so. it's yeah, John. You John haven't it? even started rubbing it in yet. No, <laughs> it's not even close. Is, is, is what you're saying. <laughs> this is just the this is the foreplay. It's it's two and look in fairness, I'm I'm nine wins, no losses. John's at two wins, seven. So if John wins, I'll be fucking ecstatic for him because to be honest, at this stage of the season, we needed so will, a, so will John. We needed yeah. a loss. We needed a loss so I can really ram it home for the for the lads that we, we we've won um, nothing yet. We're we're only um, part of the way through this journey, and so if John's team hand, if the Chaz wasses hand the Ernie Adams assassins their first loss of the season, I will graciously accept the defeat and ruthlessly plan for the revenge fixture <laughs> next season. <laughs> Excellent. And I'll do probably not much because I still have no idea what I'm doing. I just pick players that look good and put them in. Yeah. Well, and you'd be picking cameras. So far. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or- so right. just goes to the players with, with, with python arms and a big rack. Yeah, That's right. Absolutely. Python arms and a big old rack. Uh, all right. Um, I've got a little bit of news about the Cats draft picks. Honestly, I didn't think we'd get that much uh, talk about the uh, the first news point. I thought we've, we've done real no. well to spin that out. I think, mate. If there's one, if there's one thing we can do, we can fluff on and stretch a small <laughs> tidbit of information into a whole fucking segment. That's we could, we could, we waffle so much. We could. Open up our own waffle shop. It's a waffle house, mate. You just come in and we just talk at you and you pay us to let you, to let you leave. I'm very aroused. Um, all right, that's a makeup one for a camera. You just there, walk mate. in, we lock up lock up the door and then just waffle at you. Mm. The longer you stay, the more you pay. <laughs> all right. Um, do you guys want to hit on this thing at all? <laughs> the, the, the cats are in prime position for the Bulldogs pick number 23. I think there's more interesting things to chat about, to be fucking honest. Yeah. Um, or I'll just I wrap it up for the listener. Geelong, best place to make a trade for the Bulldogs pick number 23 in the draft. The dogs have put it on the table in order to try and acquire um, more lower picks in order to match draft offers for father-son pick um, I can't remember his name, but it's Luke Darcy's son. Someone Darcy. Um, I think Sam Darcy. That's a good guess. <laughs> or sure. Sean Darcy. Sean Darcy. Well, let's go for it. Sam, you want to have a stab at yes. it? Oh, let's go Boris. Oh. <laughs> Boris Darcy. All I know is I'm pretty sure it starts with an S. All right. Sweet. Yeah, that's what I um, said. It's yeah. Boris. <laughs> All right. I'm saying it's soliloquy. Um, Morris. Mm. Krasovitz, Darcy. There you go. Um, so the Cats obviously own a fucking bevy of second round picks and could potentially turn some of those later second rounders into that higher second round pick, et cetera, et cetera. Draft magic might happen. Cats might get another higher second round draft pick. There you go. That's well, we got bloody Stephen Wells so he can weave his magic with yeah. them picks. I don't I don't see any reason why we wouldn't do this, right? Yeah. Unless unless we really just want to fuck with the dogs for some reason, mm. right? Yeah. Like if this doesn't go ahead, I feel like it's probably just <laughs> this is throwing salt in, in their eyes for some reason. <laughs> yeah. it, it seems like it'd be a very weird move not to make it, it, when we've got yeah. and you know all this okay. oh no, the fucking cats, they don't have a the cats don't have a draft hand. Well, 
you're wrong. You're just fucking plain wrong. We've got plenty of draft hand. And you know whose list, actually, this pisses me off all off season. Port Adelaide cops no criticism. You look at the age comparison of our lists and you look at the comparative draft hands. Port are basically fucked in this draft and Geelong have a bunch of shit to play with. Um, Also... And also, you don't need a draft hand when you get the best recruiter in the AFL. Thank you. Um, all of this, um, you know, cats trumpeting ultimately going to lead to the cats going like, you know, five and 18 next year. <laughs> it all crumbles and we have to <laughs> eat shit for the whole. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because we, we, have, we have to crumble for 15 years before yeah. it starts to equal how long we've been on top for. Yeah. And how much shit do we have to cop anyway, even if we win? Yeah. So, you know, um, right. but I was just going to say, Quick thing about just thought I'd throw this out there to um, throw it out there. The listener, you know, about the importance of those first and second round draft picks. I did a little fucking comparison thing on players to have won premierships since being drafted. Did it for 2000 to 2009 and 2010 to 2020. So the last two decades. Okay. So I basically looked at how many players in each round were drafted in each decade that went on to win a premiership. So round one in between 2000, let's just do it all between the year 2000 and the 2020 draft. There were 66 premiership players drafted in round one. Okay. Keep that figure in mind. Round two. That's, That's all right. That's all right there were 50 premiership players drafted the last two decades in round two round three. There were 38 players who won a premiership drafted in the third round since 2000 round. Making all sense. This is all making sense. Round four, round four. There have been 12 players in the last two decades drafted in the fourth round to win a premiership in their career. Round five, there were six players to win a premiership the last two decades. Round six, there were three players the last two decades to win a premiership. And round seven, there was one player to win a premiership the last two decades. So you can collect all the late, late round picks you want, but if you have it's the picks in the top three rounds that that matter ultimately you know pretty much if you look at it every single player that's you know won a premiership the last two decades predominantly has gone in those first three rounds and we've got what we could have two to three in that first two rounds well yeah i think we've got three or four picks just in the second round i'm pretty sure the cats so yeah all right, let's... No move. draft hand, though. Oh, no, no draft hand. Totally fucked. Um, <laughs> right. We might as well just pack up and leave. Like, yeah. Forget about the cats. Let's We're go. Yeah. Let's move to Gold Coast. Just to, just to sum, out, sum up, though, how much people need to fucking stop pissing on about the draft anyway, mm. I'd love to get the stats on the amount of players drafted in the first three rounds that didn't ever win the premiership. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet I, bet I bet it's a lot more than 60-something. Yeah. Yeah. 
and 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 think how terrifying that is the lower you get in the draft how many players are drafted and and it'd be interesting to look at like players to have played 100 games too Mm. you know what i mean like it it does the lower down you get the more of a crapshoot it is um and it's hard enough to find winners even in the first two or three rounds so Mm. all right um, even, I mean, just in you know, no, purely no. theoretical, it would it'd be even quite interesting to see how many players won, you know, um, won a premiership in each draft section, but won the premiership for the team that drafted them would be yes. quite yeah. interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah. to see Definitely. what kind of return you get generally. Mm. Well, yeah, no, for, for sure, because there definitely Absolutely. would be players out there you think... Um, well, I mean, the Cats were on the wrong side of this one, but Josh Caddy won multiple premierships, and I don't know where we... Mm. Yeah. We didn't draft him. I think the Gold, <laughs> Gold Coast drafted him, and we, we traded yeah, we, for him. So we got him uh, We got because they got Adler. Well, there's a classic... Compensation. There's a classic example, you know, of Gold Coast drafting a player who goes on to win two or three fucking premierships mm. at another club. That, yeah. That's All right. happened to them a lot. So... Let's look then at what a we've got an email a footy a footy memories email. Let's let's let's, let's roll out the the uh, halftime horse again. Can we do it again? Uh, let's go again. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's give the horse a workout. Come on, Cameron. It, it's muscle we can do seized up a bit. It's our yeah. own show. <laughs> we can have three halves. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've been over yeah. this in the early days. Lollies are that's right. A spray that's that's from the coach. Lollies absolutely sprays. You get your cordial. You get your Lollies are a spray from the coach. Lollies absolutely sprays. That's what half times about. Yeah. And if you have an issue with us playing the horse twice, write a TripAdvisor review and we will ignore it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, fucking mathematically, it's absolutely fine for us to have two half times and therefore three halves because no one said it, it, this show is just one show each time. Our show is, every episode is one show and a half of another show. That's mm. how much quality you get. If you yeah. did fractions in school, it's not all fractions of one thing. You have you have one and a half, you know? Yeah, exactly. it, it goes beyond one unit. So that's what you get for nothing. In this Sometimes there's even a quarter or three quarters. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we go one episode and a half and another quarter. Exactly. And, you know, you look at someone like Cameron, you know, where everyone, you know, gets one dose of manliness. Well, you know, they slipped and gave him a, a, a dose and a half. So he had one and a half yeah. sort yeah. of doses of manliness. And, and a dose of, of womanliness for his, yeah. for his <laughs> giant rack, rack, as you've said, Jake. Yeah. He's, he's, got, he's just got the, got the genetic lottery, did Cameron? Absolutely. Did. I don't, yeah. Look, I don't know how... Cameron goes anywhere on the street with the pythons and the rack and everything that he's got going on for him. I mean, plus, plus he's an acclaimed. I, I can't um, imagine. I can't imagine he's struggling. I'll put no, no. acclaimed. You know, stage manager and, and light and sound guy for 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 Baba. Um, Baba, big shit. You know, for all right for Cameron. All right. Um, so the the email comes from David, the great Oakley human, Vaughn. Um, Always feel like I should be doing, you know, breaking to some Oklahoma Vaughan. or something, but um, Vaughny, um, <laughs> bowling Vaughny, um, says, gentlemen, I remember well Jake telling me about Aussie rules football and inviting me to watch a match. It was in the middle of COVID and I had nothing else to do with my time. So I decided to get up at 1.30 a.m. and watch. It was Geelong Cats versus Gold Coast. 
Gary Ablett Jr.'s 350th game and Joel Selwood's 300th game. First time I'd ever watched a match and I was hooked. There was an unfortunate injury to Matt Rowell in the first couple of minutes, but otherwise it was a glorious game. I remember annoying the hell out of the three of you as well as Jack and Sinny with all of my questions, spending the rest of the season learning Australian lingo, laughing at linguistic differences. Ute still makes me laugh. And discovering that I not only love footy, but I, I love the cats. None of you pressured me into rooting for the cats. I thought that was an important point. Um, I just yeah. kind of felt like they fit we my We did pressure him, though, into saying we did pressure him into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, now a full year later and two seasons under my belt, I'm a cats fan for life and I continue to get up at 1.30am to watch them. Glad you guys introduced me to this sport and this team. Sincerely, David Vaughan, the great Oakley human. Love. Oh, thank you, right. David. Thank, thank you, David. you, David. Go Cats. I knew he'd, I knew David would come through with a very uh, um, mm. detailed and mm. vivid re- retelling of his fir- of his first game. No, um, the, the linguistic difference that still makes me chuckle is sook, that we were all yeah. saying having a sook, and to David, a sook was a kind of crab. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one still still sticks out to me. I yeah, would like, cool. I would like to say that. I would like to point out just a slight, uh, just a, a moment of contention in in the letter there Please. when David said he had nothing better to do. Now I don't know David as well as you, Jake, but knowing David the way I do, I don't believe that David never had anything to do because yeah. that man seems to be an absolute machine of just doing something. <laughs> yeah, productivity. <laughs> Absolutely. He's, Absolutely. He's, he's like sleep? a. It's like one of those one-man bands you see in the park, but it's it's other things. It's not all musical instruments. It's no. it's a lot of musical instruments, but it's it's it's, <laughs> it's taking taking um taking magnificent photos of the uh, the starry skies and yeah. s- practically storm chasing, recording podcasts. So <laughs> I think I think what David meant to say was he judiciously made room in his schedule to watch a game of oh. AFL. Yeah. That's, a fair, that's a fair point. I remember watching that game too. And it was weird. I don't think I could watch the game. I only had it on radio because I didn't have KO at that point. So David was watching and I was listening on radio. So David could see it wow. happening, but I could only listen on radio. So it was something bizarre like that. So yeah. it was um it was very good. And I'm I'm glad game. I'm glad the Oakley human has mm. has stuck around and yeah, that was a yeah, that was a fantastic uh, experience. The the Zoom meets while we watched yep. the uh, the football. Um, do we only do the finals? I specifically remember the finals very well, but no, I, we did I, a lot of games. I, was say, yeah. I think I think the finals was just we just really hit the final. I think the, yeah. the group expanded in finals. I think mm. that was when uh, when the old seabird came on the train. Yeah, um, definitely old sea dog. Yes, um, awesome. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know if. Um, that was just based, I guess, on our sharing our football memories. Yeah, um, no. As, as I said, I knew David would come through and thank, thank you did. very much. Uh, Thanks, David. Opala human. And feel free, like, uh, across the, the, the weeks, doesn't have to be for a themed episode, send us in your, you know, footy memories. Maybe uh, tell us how you got involved being a cat supporter. I know we, we've mm. got listeners from all around the world. We've got listeners in Australia. We've got listeners in the UK. Ireland, Germany, Brazil. Brazil makes up, you know, a nice little percentage of our listenership. So if you're listening in from those countries, how did you become a cat supporter? Um, give us an email, the chat at gmail.com. Oh, John, John, just unfurling the German there. Well done. 
the point got it completely wrong, but send I, us a letter. Tell us how wrong it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to close out this show, chaps. I, I sort of gave you devil's like lottery here about like, you know, what did you want to do? Had some ideas. One idea and I think you gave should... us the good news at the start, and now yeah. you're probably gonna give us bad news. No, no. I, We've got two things then to close out the se- the show. We've got a seg, oh. okay? We've got a quick seg and then a thing. Two segs. Yeah. Segs. Multiple segs. Um, an what evening Colin's trying to get over in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Segs. Um, it's like Colin's giving over in Hollywood to get a job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. you got to be kidding me. Oh, no, 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 no. Not from up there. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, all right. So what I want to finish out with is, is, is sort of a section talk about rules we would change. Okay. I'm going to throw some topics out there to you and you can, unless you want to, if you, if you got anything that comes to mind for you guys straight off the bat rules, you would change. Yes, think, just holding a ball rule. I would. All right. Cracking John. Try and simplify it. Try and simplify it or. Trying to work because at the moment it's too much confusion going on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people in the media also said the same thing that there's just too much confusion going on with holding ball. Because sometimes the player will get the ball, get tackled instantly, and that's holding the ball. Other times they'll get the ball, they'll take a few steps, get tackled, and that would be holding the ball because he was trying to get rid of it. I think we've got to get rid of that. He was trying to get yeah, rid what, of Yeah, what's the wording? There's a specific word they use where he made he a, attempting, a, 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 a genuine <laughs> attempt. Genuine yeah. attempt, yes. I think to get rid of that, if you move with the ball and you don't um, get rid of it in time before you get tackled, then that mm. just should be holding the ball. But if you pick it up and you can't move and you get tackled, then there's no way that should be holding the ball because you got no prior opportunity to get rid of it but yeah i think yeah there's just too much confusion because sometimes you see a player fall down and he drops the ball and he just chucks his foot at it and the umpire's like oh he tried to get rid of it it's a bizarre rule yeah i think i think as soon as you start having such subjective language like genuine Mm -hmm. in a ruling i think we've spoken about this on the podcast before but that's that seems odd to me i think the the more we can help the umpires by having it simple and easily quantifiable elements to, that add up to make yes or no calls. As soon as you're going genuine attempt and the umpire has to fucking get down on his hands and knees and peer yeah. into the man's Somehow eyes have. as he's under a pack and just, you know, pull <laughs> out his, have a- pull out Ghost Rider's penance stare yeah. and see what kind of <laughs> sins he's committed in his life yeah. and, and how <laughs> genuine this attempt is and make his call based on that. Look, have it's a, a little bit much North-facing view, have a east-facing view, south-facing view, west-facing mm-hmm. view, and a top view all at the same time. And the one player as he's getting tapped to see if he mm. gets that fingernail on the ball as he's chucking it to his mate. Yeah, and, and being, being able to analyse not only if he got his finger out of the ball, but the, the genuine way in which he attempted yeah. to get his fingernail to the ball. Yeah. yeah, I think it's 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 stupid. It really <laughs> it's I don't remember ever being this confused. Go back no I like I don't know exactly when it tipped over from understandable to not understandable. I imagine it was a lot of little amendments as they tried yeah. to fix things. But go back six, seven years, I don't ever remember being 
confused the way I am now. I remember going, that's not holding the ball or that was holding the ball, but feeling fairly certain that I knew why I felt the way I did and why the umpire called it the way he did. Now you kind of just feel like, I guess he saw something. I guess that was... Yeah, I'll, yeah I'll prior be opportunity. Yeah. Like again, prior opportunity. How long yeah. is prior opportunity? Exactly. Is, is there is there a a literal ruling at the moment on how how long and what that no. is? Who knows? I'll I'll be happy if the person got the ball. They took a step. If it, if it was a step, and they were looking like they were dog, if they're able to move like a few steps, like one maybe one or two steps, and then they get tackled. I think they should be holding the ball. Straight up, no issues. There shouldn't be. He was attempting to get rid of the, that prior thing, but I think if you like catch it as being called touch and you land, and you get tackled straight away, or you get the ball off the ground and you get tackled instantly, mm. I don't think those. I don't think you can call them holding the ball. I think like the You've got to be able to be the players got to be able to be able to move to be able to have that opportunity to get rid of the ball. The, and if the, he does move, gets tackled. Then just the rule big, that way. The big problem for me is like interpretation. There's just, just too much of this rule <laughs> that's left open to subjective interpretation. And I think it's a really tricky one. It's a really tricky rule to try and um, apply um, and, and to fix because, you know, part of me worries, you know, like if you talked about, you know, putting like a step thing, did he step well if he stepped that was his prior opportunity because the problem is then what's a step and what's a half step you know what you know what and then you know we're going to start going to fucking it's like i've watched a bunch of nfl today and i've just about had it with fucking penalty flags it's really killing the game i I worked out that it was roughly one flag every 10 plays so a penalty every 10 plays which doesn't sound like a lot but then you take into account the average length of a play in the nfl and you know you're almost seeing a flag every 90 seconds of actual game time like not in terms of actual time but in every 90 seconds of playing action you know you're getting a flag um you know, there's a lot of things I feel like you can learn from sports like the NFL and the way, you know, they have some things set up, but we, we have to stay as far fucking away from their review system as possible. And I would never want it to get to a position where you've got to have, you know, go to review to see if a guy stepped or not, but I'm with you. There needs to be something needs to be fixed up around this rule because it was more confusing than ever in, in 2021. Oh, absolutely. I was constantly going, how is that holding the ball? Yeah. And the same exact same thing happens and it wasn't called holding the mm. ball. Or there was one where it was clearly broad daylight holding a ball mm. and it was called not holding the ball. It's like, well, and that's, and that's, just, yeah. That's why the like the ruling is part of it, and the interpretation is the other part of it. Because you'll you'll watch a game with someone, and you'll say, "How is that holding the ball?" And as you say, John, you know they'll bring up a rule and go, "Oh, it's because yeah. of you know prior opportunity or blah blah." And then you can instantly look to another one that looked identical, where it was called the op- the opposite way. So it's not only that the rule is complex, but it, the rule is so complex that the umpires are having to call it in such fast-paced situations that interpretation is coming you know is becoming such an important factor and it's the consistency is really sort of starting to stand out and i feel like it's one of those rules that's it's a bit like a tower of jenga 
Like mm. you can only stack it so high, mm. right? At a certain point, you should probably start removing some bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so- and I don't, I don't have, I don't have specific ideas mm. off the top of my head that they could move, but I'm wondering if that's the way rather than like keep adding, look back to some of the, the original rules that are still in there about holding the ball, you know, some of the original intention and maybe look at it and go, this isn't, this isn't in line with what the rule is trying to achieve at the moment. Cause I imagine things with things like prior opportunity and um, all that sort of stuff. I imagine there's a, there's a degree of fairness they're trying to imbue, but my read is that they're also trying to imbue as we know, the AFL does more excitement that if a, if a player, you kick a long ball to a player in a pack and he catches it and gets swamped, it's not going to be holding the ball because he didn't have an opportunity. So you, you've possibly, you know, you've possibly gained meters mm. and it, you know, there's a risk versus there's a reward to that risk of popping it forward to that guy that's in a pack or whatever. Whereas mm. if the rule of prior opportunity didn't exist, people would start being more cagey because they're like, well, he's got a player that's somewhat near him. So if he doesn't mark it, it's going to be holding the ball. Whereas at the moment it's kind of this, well, I'll kick it 45 meters. And even if he gets tackled, we've probably gained gained meterage. So I feel like there's that's probably a, a big part of where the rule's trying to come from at the moment. So would we, and I think it's all like, it's a tough one because in some ways I want it to be more, you know, really clear. In some ways I want it to be clear cut. And in other ways you think about the, the less rules we have that interfere with the flow of the game, I'm all for. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes yeah. it feels like, you know, once you start hinging over the NFL killed the flow of their game with the catch rule. Good luck trying to work out what fucking constitutes a catch at times and, and the, the amount of time we spend pouring over a, a review when it's like, well, it looked like a catch, but now we've got to see, did he maintain control to the ground? It's like, did it look like a catch? Would If we were playing in the park, would we pretty much go, yeah, that was a catch? Um you know well that's not how it operates and and you can see yeah. things like that of you know creeping in this, this is i think a broader point as soon as you start creeping into video review it's like it's opening pandora's box you know once you can review one thing upstairs well then it's like well yeah okay this guy well, was caught, this, yeah this guy was caught holding the ball um prior to the goal but if you go back 30 seconds in the build-up to the goal, you know, our guy copped a high tackle that wasn't seen. So they never should have had the ball down there. I think uh, until, yeah, yeah. The, until the technology is, if this is the way we wanted to go. No, the I don't. technology was so... <laughs> no, but I'm just... I'm just yeah. Hang on, hang on. Was, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if, if this, if, if this if. is the one, if reviewing was the way you wanted to go mm. and the technology was so good that the algorithm could analyze the game in real time and every time the umpire makes a wrong call there's a little mm. beep in his, in his earphone that says actually that was this thing and you can yeah. you know and it's seamless mm. that's the only way you could you know mm. in my opinion intru- I don't, again I also don't think they should because I don't want it to be that clinical but that's the only point so until that point if they're mm. wanting to introduce more reviews then I think having limited challenges is just the way to go I think that makes the most yeah. sense being able to judiciously choose when you want to challenge a call, you know, dependent on how much, because that's the other thing, how much of the game's riding on that moment. Is it, you know, (laughs) is it a ball up or a free kick halfway down the field? Or are we talking like a goal line here, you know, where you might want to use it. And that's, I think that, yeah, having a certain amount of challenges is something that's, you know, not only fair, but 
probably makes adds another layer layer of excitement um, yeah. to the game. Particularly <laughs> if it was done, I think you know, like I think cricket actually has done it pretty well, and and mm-hmm. and and their review system is good in in that you know the front foot no ball thing, you know, where a bowler's foot goes over the front line, so it would be a no ball. You know, you used to have to someone had to catch that in real time, and then check mm-hmm. it. Now there's an umpire upstairs watching that every ball and they wire immediately down to the umpire and go, that was no ball, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so it gets done. And I then, think the and fantastic thing about cricket is how stationary it starts yes. every time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, there's, and it's so easy to call it no ball because the, the line's there. Here comes the mm. foot. Was it behind the line? Yep. Done. Yeah. Move on. So that's what I'm I saying. think what we'll you have to do. No, there's no, there's no, no oh, this part of his foot was right here. It's like, as long as there's a bit of foot behind that white line, that's fine. They, they move on so quick and it's really good. We need, but that's with cricket where things are pretty clear cut. Yes. On what the rules are. And that makes it so easy to judge because the rules don't really change in cricket. Mm. You don't need to change a sport when it's already pretty much perfect. So, <laughs> another one, if we're happy to move on. Move on to another one. Yes. But I'll throw, all right. Uh, this yeah, one. Sl- yeah. I yeah. Oh, you know, you don't. You got more. <laughs> no, I was just. I don't. I don't know if I. I if we yeah, got anywhere on that. Like I don't. Like again, it's not about shitting on the umpires. But I would. No. That's basically what I want. I don't know if I want more oversight, less oversight, stricter <laughs> rules, looser rules. I just want the umpire's job easier. Yes. And f- for it to be for be for it to be easier for the viewer mm. to understand what happened. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, yes. yeah, and it's absolutely not a criticism. Oh, no, I agree. It's not criticism. Like the umpiring of this rule is is so hard because there's no, so many ways you can, you can interpret it. So yeah, it's it's not that at all. It's 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 really is the rule itself requires some sort of clarification. And I think what you said, Sam, it's, we need to go and look at what is the purpose of holding the ball. What function does it serve in our sport? And then go. Okay, does the present way it's written up and adjudicated fit that purpose anymore and just see if it yes. does. I would say, no, it doesn't. I would say it does not. I would say some of the new rules, again, that we don't like in terms of prior opportunity, some of those new rules that feel annoying, they probably are there to serve the purpose at the moment, but they're piled on top of other rules that maybe don't so much. Like mm-hmm. the fact that you can kind of just like lie on the ball and flop around like a fish and that's called yeah. a genuine attempt. Yeah. Those are kind of things that I feel like are a leftover from not looking yeah. at what the point of the rule is. Yeah. Which is oh, to... so so frustrating to see a player just lying there. Mm. Just flopping around. You can, yes. His arms aren't moving and he's not doing he's just flopping around going, oh I was attempting. Yes. Just call it quicker, in my opinion. Yeah. If a guy's wrapped Mm. up, taken to ground, just call it, ball up. Don't spend all this time of like, oh, you've got to, you know, rip it out or, you know, have players try and rip the ball out. Just have it. Okay, you've wrapped him up, he's on the ground, ball up. As quickly as it happens, don't make them do this stupid play acting um, and and try and tell us it's all genuine. Um, All right, this one's not so much rules, but... Uh, I definitely want you both to get a quick hit in on grand final venue. This is more game, game organization and that sort of thing. Are you, do you want to see return to MCG at two o'clock or do you want to see a rotating carousel of grand final venues? And what do you think about time? Do you like day or night? 
Mm. I prefer, mm-hmm. I generally always prefer night football, mm-hmm. but the night, the day grand final feels apropos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like it, it's so much more like um, just feels right for a grand yeah. final. For, so, so I, but I have no real reason for it to be that way. So I'm not going to have a sook if it becomes a night grand mm-hmm. final. As far as location, I want rotating. I want fucking gladiatorial combat between every 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 state and venue to prove why they should have it that year you know like yes. i want the not not just money not just sponsorship stuff i want like a big song and dance about this is why we should have it this year we promise you this it should we be will like be the this. olympics did yes we have a bidding every like five years for the next five six years where all the stadiums they go down into your own corner, come up with like shows or little mm. things going, this is why you should come here. This is what we'll do and make a little song and show about it. Yeah, I absolutely. AFL. I mean, in fact, I, I hope it doesn't return to the G. I'm sorry, G fans. Mm. Uh, I know I've shit on the G before. <laughs> um, uh, and th- But this is not about that. This is about the fact that it's the, it's the AFL. It's not the VFL anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that when you are the default, mm. things can get sleepy. You've got no reason to put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be super excited, not only for the other venues, but for the MCG, if they have to fight for it in the future, mm. I'd be super excited to see what they're going to do, what yeah. they're going to put on and what, and what they would have to offer. Because I can't imagine that they have mm. put their best foot forward in the, the previous years I've seen. Well, look <laughs> at the ground. It's money. Yeah, here's money and we'll have some kind of band play. I, I, I'm 100% with you guys. And, and I'm not attached to nighttime grand final. Like, I think there's an argument to be made that the nighttime grand final, like, shows, particularly the halftime shows, look better. But at the same mm. time, grand final day all my life has been daytime. I'd be up, I'm, I'd be up for sort of seeing what the occasion holds. And, and I, I don't think you have yeah. to have it a set thing every year. But there is something about... I think we can hold on to some grand final tradition while also having new stuff. I totally mm. with in agreement with you guys. Let's move it around. Let's really get, let each state and territory really um, get to uh, spruik what that place is all about. You know, their culture, their identity, their, you know, their state or territory identity, get it all on show um, you know, for the week leading up to grand final for on grand final day. But I think grand final day is actually kind of crucial. It is grand final day to me. And although I didn't dislike the nighttime games, there was always something about having barbecues and stuff and people getting mm. ready on grand final morning. That's exciting. The drunk the, in the, the morning. The day, the, the day part does definitely make it better for kids, um, mm. for families. I mean, my kids, I like the nighttime at the moment because my kids are an age where they won't sit still for yeah. a grand final so when it's in the day i can't really watch it yeah but then you have a barbecue in, in, and in other, a few... other people will look after your kids for you <laughs> well not during covid they didn't <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually no that's not true we did we did take the kids up to up to mums um but yeah just from that point during of view COVID, of, of, of like the rules you uh, the last the last grand final when we we're allowed to visit oh, yeah, um nice. not the last one but <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and you know that's and that's again the socialization is a big part of it because this grand final didn't feel like a grand final to me. No, it didn't. Um, 
because it's it not was like just, another game. It was just us at home. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I think yeah. I think night times yeah. work really well for me for grand finals at the moment because it means the kids are in bed and I can watch it. But for families that have kids that are at an age where they're like paying attention to football and stuff, I think it's yeah, it would be sad that you kind of have to yeah potentially choose between letting them see it or <laughs> sending your kids to bed. What yeah. about like if we like the nighttime? event element of it what about an event the night before what about grand final eve we have mm. a fucking giant concert in the venue shit happens i've got um all australian team plays mm. the state team yeah have have some kind of like yeah mm. have some have some some sh- smaller games of some kind some bloody oz kick kids playing playing a game or something be a really cool idea john that to have the night before that like you said that this the the best of that state or something or you know playing um yeah or even just if you did all-star teams you know two lots of all-stars play each other because those teams are now done for the season you know you're not Mm. going to be risking you know, the injury because they've got no more season to play. They're, they're in their off season now sort of thing. There wouldn't be players yeah. from there. Um, and that's a bit more relaxed. Have it not so serious. It's like, you know. Yeah. Just the the grand of, final. Could you, could, could you do what the, like the soccer World Cup does and have like the two people that got knocked out in the pre, in the, in the previous games play? Play a like, third and a fourth. The, the, yeah. Cause do you remember, I remember, the grand grand final of the mm. soccer world cup is always intense mm. but the best football is always who's playing for third and fourth yeah that's always True the right. game where it's like five three and yeah. they're or like or like three all and penalties and they mm. just go balls to the wall because it's mm. all over yeah. and they're not really playing for anything that matters but they, they're on the world stage mm. with the same thing you know the night thing you've got the, the atmosphere mm. um and just play the best game of football you can and get everyone hyped yeah. up for the next day I like it. So no, we're going to go rotating, like rotating venues. We're going to do daytime grand finals with a with a night before event with, that will feature a football <laughs> game. And I imagine like music and stuff. I also yeah. think it would be cool. The Super Bowl does this pretty well, but to have like all the grand, like some the players and coaches and stuff from the grand final teams sort of doing interviews and that sort of thing on the night before or the, you know, the, the, the time leading up sort of thing and and mm-hmm. um i think that could be something you could do as well i mean they probably already do it in some format but i i like it uh do you want to do one more and then call it stumps or do you want to wrap up we've sure. done enough we've done plenty now let's let's leave it we've, we've done, done plenty plenty. we've done let's, two let's big ones it. it's been okay. a massive show we've hit the hour mark um all right so the big announcement it's our 50th episode next week hitting the half century um and look she's getting exciting Will Jake say between or betwixt next week? We just don't know. Place your bets. Go to sports bet. <laughs> you've, lost, you've lost your consistency, right? Yeah. You've lost the dependability, but we've gained some excitement. Absolutely. Place, Place your bets now. I've spiced it up. Um, yeah. yeah. So that I've will changed be... your rating, Jake. You're a C plus. <laughs> hey, I added a plus. <laughs> no. You're worked up by the end. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go see. We have live show. We're going to do it live. We're going to do our 50th episode live. Um, the mail sack is being ripped open. That's right. Live. So that, that, it's the 50th episode. It's the 50th episode mailbag extravaganza, the ball busting episode, the bag busting episode. Uh, we've got great stuff 
um, in the mailbag from the aforementioned Oklahoman. We've got um, from Big EZ. We've got Jared Foxy. If you want to get something in the mailbag, submit it. The chaps chat cats at gmail.com. The chaps chat cats at gmail.com. It'll be next uh, Monday night that we do this next Monday. Mm-hmm. I think we'll rock at eight o'clock like we normally do with our recordings. Yep. Yep. Uh, live on Facebook on the chaps chat cats, Facebook page, uh, unless otherwise noted, but that's what we'll be yep. doing. You'll, you'll, you'll find it under the heading three 50 episode veterans rip mail sack open live on camera. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> also big, I yeah. just want to, to, to give a big shout out um to Kirky Kirk won our Chap Chat Cats tipping competition and it's taken us like two months to sort him out a prize, but a prize is on your way, Kirk. Um but just wanted to well say done, he, yeah, he did a great job in taking home the tipping competition. So congrats there. Um wanted to also think are we gonna do an AFLW tipping comp or will we just do We'll do fantasy. We'll do a fantasy league. Or we do both. Let's just do a fantasy. Or both. Yeah, I like the idea of fantasy. Mm. All right. Well, yeah, or maybe that'd... both. Why not both? Why not both? Yeah. Why not both? Let's just go both. All right. We'll do both. Both it is. Mm. We'll work it out. And we'll have prizes, prizes for both. But if you win both, you get some kind of epic, uber, mega-sized prize. Yeah. Mm. You get... A, you get Free access to one of Cameron's live cam shows. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, the, the, ca- the cam show is appropriate. Pythons and the rack. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. No, cam- Cameron's done a pretty good job. What do you think? What do we think? Yeah, Shrug. Right. Shrug yeah, one. Done well. Not, not Better bad. than Colin. Yeah, not bad. Could you, not could, you, could you use an applause sound drop for the yeah. uh, for Kirky and the tipping Truth. winning? But, you know, Truth. hey, it's uh, better, better than Colin. Absolutely. B plus, better than Colin. Go Cats! Go Cats!